When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, January 5th, the Banning Bad Words edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast. I'm the father to Noah, who's five, and Ami, who's two, and we live in Detroit. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's six. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's nine and three quarters, and we live in Los Angeles. We're so glad to be back with you all. We've had a bit of time to rack up some good triumphs and fails, which we'll catch up on first. Then we've got a good question about bad words. Finally, if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we're going to be comparing notes about how we kept the kids busy over break to see if there's any gems or strategies to remember for next time. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Can we just talk about how long these breaks are, though? Like So long. Three weeks is a really long time for any family to have to figure out childcare. You know, like yeah. if mm-hmm. folks work in offices, you know, have deadlines and things that can't be moved. Like, I don't know. I, I, I know that teachers deserve three weeks off, but right. oh boy. Being a Slate Plus member means that you get a bonus segment for us each week, unlimited access to the Slate website. And perhaps best of all, you get to listen without any ad interruptions. That's right, zero. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash plus. Okay, we're going to catch up on our week in parenting, but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, Jamila, how are we going to start this year off? Triumph or fail? 
Well, I just racked up a fail in real time. My co-host got to see it. <laughs> so we record at 10 a.m. my time. And at 9.54, Naima informed me that she wanted a second breakfast, of course. So I go to make her some instant oatmeal. We have two packets left. She can eat two packets usually. sometimes, But sometimes she won't, you know. But I generally, if I'm making her a bowl in the morning, I'll make two. And there might be a little leftover. Maybe I'll eat it. Maybe I'll save it for the next day. Um, but I was like, oh, well, she's already eaten this morning. I don't think she's, you know, that hungry. And I don't want to waste this since it's the last pack of oatmeal. So I just made her one packet. And right when we got ready to record, she came in here and she says, where's the rest of the oatmeal? This is such a tiny amount. I should note that Naima traveled with her dad over the break for a week. She just got back from Egypt. Very cool for her. Um, cool. So we haven't we haven't spent time together in a week. So I'm just kicking off my parenting <laughs> with failure. Like I've already forgotten who she is in just a week. Let me ask, do you think she can make her own instant oatmeal yet? You know, I was thinking about that. I noticed when I was, I went to Chicago for um, the holiday and I spent time with my sister and her family and my nephew, who's the same age as Naima, a couple months older, cooks more than she does. You know, he can make his own egg sandwich in the morning. And I was like, wow, you know, I got to get Naima cooks with me, but it's usually like mm-hmm. a we're making macaroni, we're baking a cake, you know, yeah. and so... I think she's capable. You know, I think there's also a little mommy magic that goes into my oatmeal. Um, Like the same way my mother's oatmeal was always really good. Like even with it being Mm -hmm. instant, I always add a little razzle dazzle. Like today I made it with eggnog. So I don't know that her oatmeal will be as good. Wait, eggnog instead of water or just in addition to? Half water, half eggnog. Nice. Eggnog is such a clutch. Oh my gosh. Like, I almost want to recommend <laughs> eggnog this week because I've, I've noticed that usually I buy it and when we do buy it, like, I'll have a cup and, like, it just it goes bad. It doesn't, you know, get finished up. And this time around, I've been, like, putting it in my coffee and sneaking it into recipes. And I have to say, it's very useful. Amazing. Yeah. But I do think that to answer your question, it is about time to at least maybe let her try. Like, she could mm-hmm. make the second bowl. Maybe. Right, if, the, if one's not enough. If one's not enough. Don't, that's you, a good don't idea. you feel like, though, this is what kids do. They make liars out of us, right? Like, if you, I mean, you said this before. I'm just repeating what you said off air. If you had made her two, it would have been too much. It would have been too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we weren't recording today, she wouldn't have asked you for another. <laughs> right. Probably but not. the allure of you on the computer already talking to us, it's like when you get on the phone and your children, who haven't spoken to you all day, all That's right. of a sudden, all need you. Even though two minutes before you went and said, I'm about to have a phone call. Does anyone need anything? Nope. Nope. They don't want anything to do with you. Then all of a sudden, this is the moment. <laughs> this is the moment. These could all be lyrics to the new Alanis Morissette <laughs> version of Ironic Parenting Edition. Parenting Edition. <laughs> Where things it's are like still not ball. ironic. Yeah. <laughs> no. just, that not, do I still annoying. not understand just irony? annoying. <laughs> It's like one bowl of oatmeal when your child wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I guess though, back to um, to Naima making oatmeal. That oatmeal is the oatmeal requires boiling water, so maybe that isn't like the safest. You put it in thing the microwave. On, on her I own. put it in the microwave. Oh, microwave. Or yeah. they right. can boil it in the kettle. Mm-hmm. I should get a maybe kettle. Twenty twenty three will be the year of making her own breakfast. Yeah, I think it's time for that. She should be a little bit. More independent, less princess. 
It's time. For the second bowl, I'm all about, listen, everything tastes better when someone else has made it. That is yeah. why we all go to Starbucks. Especially right? your parents. Yeah. Well, regardless, eggnog oatmeal is going in the yeah. mom and dad Mom and dad cookbook. cookbook. Yep. Uh, what about you, Elizabeth? What's, uh, what's been going on in your wild world? Okay, so I am taking a fail. Um, we had my family in town for like... I don't know, 12 days or something over Christmas. Um, my parents came in first, then my sister had a great time, but we're like at home. I mean, we went out and did things, but we were at home. And I think the day before Christmas, Jeff was browsing online and was like, hey, there's really cheap flights to Vegas if we fly on New Year's Day. Do you want to fly on New Year's Day to Vegas with the kids? And I was like, hmm. okay, that sounds that sounds great. Let's go to Vegas with the kids. Um, the plan was to go like to hit some of the national parks, but we wanted to get the cheap flight on New Year's Day and then the cheap flight home because I have we have tickets to the symphony on Sunday. So like our trip was kind of already set. And because we're recording today, I wanted to make sure that we were like in a hotel, not out in the wilderness. So we mm-hmm. ended up on basically being like in Las Vegas proper for three full days. To just really wrap up where the fail comes from, Henry exclaimed yesterday in the car, by taking me here, you have ruined my childhood. Um, (laughs) There's just, you know, my kids are all kind of like sensory. There's a lot of sensory stuff going on. So we took them out on, on the strip at night to like see the fountains and the volcano. And there's just, there's a lot of people. They're all partying and rowdy and as you do in vegas (laughs) there are people handing out cards with semi-naked women on them everyone is smoking Mm -hmm. these are all things that my children hate oliver is double masking because he doesn't like the smell of anything here henry is like terrified nevada is also like a uh open care you can of course be permitted to open carry so there's lots of people that have like we can visibly see guns which he doesn't oh my gosh you know, like, so I feel like, I mean, on one hand, I feel like success, <laughs> like my kids are appropriately terrified of certain things. Yeah. Um, and and they're having, you know, when we kind of broke it down, like, hey, but didn't you like seeing the fountains? Yeah, we took them. There's a meow wolf here, which is like a interactive, immersive art experience. And this one is like this grocery store and you get to go through the shelves into all these different worlds. They thought that was like amazing. We took them last night to like a medieval times type show, which somehow we had never taken our kids to, but they have one here in, in Excalibur casino, which looks like a castle. And then you go in and people are like jousting and (laughs) fighting each other. And Mm -hmm. each section is rooting for a different country or King. Well, we ended up in the section of the King that cheats. It's not that there's also like a villain of the show. We were not in that, but our guy cheated on every event and that upset the children, <laughs> you know, like, how could you put us like in this performatively <laughs> cheating? Like, we're supposed to notice like that? Like, he's supposed like, to be the cheating. cheater. He's supposed to be the cheater. Uh-huh. But our kids were like, how could you seat us in this section? All, none of these other kings are cheating. <laughs> like, we didn't, clearly we didn't read enough because we planned this trip, like, you know, five days ago. Um, so, yes, they are, they are largely not happy with us. We are, like, we're pretty much done with the strip part of the trip we're headed into the wilderness where it's freezing and we'll trudge through snow and they'll be mad at me about that but yes i have i have terrified them all by taking them to disneyland for adults you've ended their childhood i have i'm just perpetually impressed 
by the travel bug that lives mm-hmm. within you all. Like, you all travel so much, but Jeff was like, we should travel more at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. It's kind I of incredible. We, we we are restless souls, I think, is really the problem. Now your kids know what escorts are. <laughs> yes, yes. When we were like, do not take anything from anyone who hands it to you on this trip. <laughs> Uh, wow. All right. That's right. Zach, what about you, though? Triumph or fail to kick off your new year? I have a triumph. We we spent a week up north. Like, uh, going up north means uh, the northern part of lower Michigan, if you're a Michigander in particular. So we drove, like, three hours northwest to stay at an Airbnb with some friends of ours and their kid for three days and then drove further north about an hour to the the coast of Lake Michigan to stay with different friends for a couple days. So it was a week away living with two different families. I was kind of dreading it going in thinking like, man, like we're going to get stir crazy. It's going to be too cold. There isn't like so much stuff to do. There also isn't much snow, but it's cold. So like we can, we might not even be able to sled. We ended up having a great time and I actually was able to relax even though there were like kids running around everywhere. And that's partly where my triumph comes in. My family shared a bedroom in both spots for the whole week. So it was all four of us sleeping in one room, which we hadn't done lately and we hadn't done ever for for this long. Not that I can recall, but it was very sweet. My kids stayed up late because it was break. So they both were staying up to like nine or 10 each night, which was fine. Um, And I loved just like hearing their, their cute breathing while they were sleeping. And we all slept pretty well. And the great triumph comes in in the morning because Ami was going to sleep so much later. He was sleeping in pretty late too, some days until like 8.30 with us. But Noah would sometimes wake up earlier, like she would wake up at 7 or 7.30 or 8 or even like 6.30 one of the days. But she's five now and she would just like get dressed. She likes getting dressed right away. My wife does too. They don't like wearing pajamas all day which I don't understand, but she would just like get dressed, brush her teeth on her own, and then just like go out to the main room where there might be a kid from the other family playing or there might just be the adults. But she would just like do her own thing and let the three of us sleep. And so she was like totally self-sufficient for the first like hour or two of the day while the three of us were still in the room. And then Ami would wake up, like I said, maybe at like 8 or 8.30. And then one of us would get up with him and leave the room. And then Sheer and I had a really nice... Um, alternative day sleep-in thing, which we hadn't been able to do in a while because, you know, we have to work um, or we have to get the kids to school or daycare. But like every day, one of us was able just to stay in bed until like 9.30, which oh felt gosh. just decadent and so just, just amazing. Like, you know, that feeling of like staying in bed until like you're actually like ready to get up. Yes. Like, do you even remember yeah. what, like that's, I, I forgot what that felt like. Where it's like, okay, I can actually get up now. Like, I don't need to stay here any longer. Yeah. And that feeling I get so um, seldom these days. And I was able to get it for a whole week, which is part of what vacation is all about. So I'm feeling I'm feeling decent going into uh, the new year. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to th- thank my family for making it happen. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. See you back here for our listener question. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening 
because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now. All right, it's time for our question, which is being read, as always, by the sensational Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, our three-and-a-half-year-old is just discovering the power of bad words, including stupid. When he gets upset about a boundary I am setting, like not throwing toys or needing to take a bath, he will say, stupid mommy. I don't know how to handle this. Most of the parenting advice books slash accounts I follow advise the use of logical consequences, which makes sense to me in most scenarios. Like, if you throw your food on the floor, then dinner is over. But what is the logical consequence when a toddler uses hurtful language? We've tried talking about it during a calmer moment and explaining that words can be hurtful. We also have tried some completely illogical consequences, which haven't worked either. I think the best thing to do when this happens would probably be to ignore the behavior so that I'm not making the words even more powerful with a big reaction. But this is really hard to do, especially when he says, stupid mommy or stupid daddy in front of other people. Any ideas? Thanks so much. I love the show. Bad with words. What say you, Jamila? Well, I'm curious to know what the completely illogical consequences were. (laughs) I really wish that you had elaborated for us um, on that. But uh, this is relatable and common. You know, kids pick up words around this age and they get fixated on them and they want to repeat them over and over. My mom loves to tell the story of me hearing some, you know, maybe teenagers or guys in their 20s in the park cursing one day. And the next thing she knew, I was just saying shit, shit, shit over and over again. I was very delighted by it. You know, I think it's time for some logical consequences, you know, even though those aren't always easy to maintain with three-year-olds, but, you know, that when a mean word is said that that's the end of the game or that's the end of playtime or we're going to take a timeout. I'm such a timeout person, you know, like, hey, we've talked about this before. And again, I know you've already had this conversation, but you'll have to keep having it, you know, that like words can hurt people and we have to be very careful what we say, just as we have to be careful with our hands, you know, because I'm sure they're already aware that if you um, put your hands on someone in a mean way that it'll hurt them, that words can do just the same thing. And except for you can't see the injury, you know, so it hurts, but you don't, you know, you can't see where you've hurt somebody, but just know that you've done it. Oh my God. Something my mother told me, maybe a little bit too traumatizing because I took it very literally. But when I was not, I guess around the same age, she told me that every time I hurt her feelings, a little piece of her heart disappeared. Mm. And I had this visual of my mother's heart just like being gone and it Mm. being my fault, you know, but I took it somewhat seriously, you know, Um, obviously not too seriously, because I guess I had gotten to the point where I was like, wait, I think we're in danger of the heart disappearing here. (laughs) 
you know, but I thought about it a lot. Um, I think what would also be really helpful is to find a book or two about the topic. I found a few cute ones. Um, little Bird's Bad Word, which is a picture book about a little bird named Little Bird who learns a bad word that he loves so much he wants to share it with all his friends. And his father has to talk to him about the fact that this word is going to be hurtful. There's also Elbert's Bad Word and My Mouth is a Volcano. And I can't believe you said that from the Best Me I Can Be series. Um, I would definitely uh, suggest getting a book or two. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. it helps kids understand that these are not just things coming from mommy or daddy's brain, but that like, this is real. Other kids are dealing with this. Other families are dealing with this. But again, those consequences should matter. So if you say stupid mommy while we're playing, you know, tea party, then the tea party is over for now. What do you all think? I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think it's really normal for kids to switch from expressing their anger through using their hands to using their words. And so on the first hand, you should like celebrate that perhaps you are over that first bump, right? Like that they're now no longer going to hit or that's going to be less, but instead now they have found the power of their voice. I hesitate to give like a consequence to a three-year-old, almost four-year-old for something like stupid, because I worry that that gets confused then with telling them that their anger is bad. Because what they're doing is using this word to tell you, I'm super angry. You know, kids don't do things the first time we ask them to do things. And so have you provided the right instruction when they are calm to let them know what to do when they feel this way? So to me, when your child says, you know, you're stupid or stupid mommy, you know, the first thing you need to do is be like, this is not personal. Like, do that internal check-in. Like, they they don't actually think I'm stupid. They love me very much. This is a moment where I need to be calm and understand that they are the one that is angry. And then saying like, okay, I see that you're angry. So now we're going through that normal toddler anger stuff or preschool anger stuff. You are super angry because I, you know, said we had to stop playing. And that is really frustrating, Now, listen, I don't always do this perfectly. I always want to cage that to say, like, when my kid is like, mommy, 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 it makes me really frustrated and I want to yell or lash out. But I try to think in those moments when we tell them, stop playing, we have to go. It's the same thing, right? Like, we have annoyed them. (laughs) And so can you say, like, hey, I, I know that this is really frustrating. You are really angry. Unfortunately, we have to go or it's time to stop playing or whatever. And then when they are calm, I think is a time to have, Jamila, like you're, like what you're saying, this conversation comes then. Like, not mm-hmm. in that moment in terms of a consequence, but saying, like, when you say those things, it hurts me. And it makes yep. me feel sad. Like, I think this is where reading those books, right? Because the advantage of books is that you're addressing these topics outside of the moment when it's personal for them. That it's like, hey, this time that we share together reading, we're reading about this thing we're going through, and then we can employ those steps. But I just think that in the moment, you need to think, this 
this is not about this word. This is about that they don't know what to do with this this feeling of anger. And so can I give them a name for what they're actually feeling? Because, uh, you know, anger is a secondary emotion. It comes from feeling something else. Like you mm-hmm. are sad that you're stopped playing or you're frustrated that you had to stop playing or whatever that boundary is. Letting them know that you're going to continue to enforce the boundary. And then when they're calm, letting them know that this is why we don't use language like that and it's hurtful. The big thing is like just not freaking out like that's that's gonna make them do it more um and like you were saying elizabeth just like even if your your feelings aren't actually hurt which you know hopefully they, they aren't when you get called stupid but just be like maybe even a little bit performatively like that really hurts my feelings when you say that did you know that like did you know that you were hurting my feelings um and just to do it really calmly because that can also help to just kind of lower the temperature of the moment so that has worked for us to some degree, but also if it just persists, sometimes I just like ignore it and walk away. And I'm sure you've tried that too. But I think like the big thing here is like they're onto a new phase and this this too is a phase that as long as like you're not modeling this behavior, which I'm sure you're not, this is going to pass too. And then it's just like completely normal. When they get to be preteens, I think some of this comes back, right? Like the power of words, and they're not using stupid, they use other things when they're angry. They say things that they know are hurtful because they feel hurt. I don't know if you like, we are definitely starting to see some of that with Henry, just like he knows the power of his words, and he doesn't have to use stupid anymore. He can like say things that he knows is hurtful. But I feel that we have laid the groundwork that when he is calm, he knows how to come back and repair the relationship, right? And he knows that I still love him, even if he says these things in this moment of anger. And I mean, just before break, we were all talking about how we have those moments still where we lose our cool with our kids because it's just annoying. Oh, yeah, Um, of course. And I think in many ways, like this is kind of the first instance of that we have to be the ones to show them you know what the consequences to that are in terms of like our relationship but you don't necessarily do that with a with a physical consequence that is like the work on the heart that you have to do and that work is just like hard well bad with bad words please let us know how it goes also we are actually curious about the logical consequences that you mentioned (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you can let us know what those were. If anyone else out there listening has dealt with this, let us know how you did it. Send us a voice memo or a note to mom and dad at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. And that's it for our show. Don't forget to join us Monday. And while you're at it, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Christy Taiwo Macanjula. For Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Zach Rosen. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.